decided to call this the um, idiotic trader. No, the idiotic investor. And there's a reason for it. There's a lot of idiotic things investors do. You must have seen a few things in your time. I'm not saying you hang around with idiots, but... <laughs> there are a few. There were a few on the floor, that's for sure. <laughs> Go on. Well, well, you used to be a floor trader. So what, what are the sort of most idiotic things you've seen? And I'm going to share with you what I've seen this week, which I think a lot of people can learn from. Actually, you know, uh, I probably shouldn't, uh, you know, the floor was a very difficult environment, so you, I, I can't comment on how... how uh, well, don't yeah. name, you don't have to name names, but there must have been some idiotic things people did. Um, no, I'm going to keep that to myself. Oh, for God's sake. Well, that's going to make a good podcast then. <laughs> uh, all right, let me tell you something from your previous employer. Um David uh, Kite, what did he say? David Kite, lies. he said to me, he said, do you know what, Alpesh? So I went to interview him for the book, um, Mind of a Trader, and I said, David, you're an absolute legend. You're a floor trader, you know, he's now in the rich list. And I said, David, <clears throat> how do you know, you know, which side, you know, when to buy, when to sell? And he goes, you know what? He goes, look down there. So we were in the, I think we were in the gallery at that point, mm-hmm. uh, at Life, at the Life floor. And he says, look at those boys. And they were mainly men. Because they're Barra boys, you know, that was the term used back then. He goes, they haven't got an education. They left school at 16, like him. He said, you know, like him. He goes, do you think we read the macroeconomic reports? Look on the floor. I said, what's on the floor? He goes, do you see a Financial Times on the floor? There's a lot of paper there. I said, no, I don't. He goes, what papers do you see? I was, I'm sort of like looking around. So I, see, I, see, I, see, I see a bit of red. And he goes, yeah, it's the sun, isn't it? I said, yeah. And then he told me how they pick stocks. Oh, well, how they pick instruments. I mean, you guys were trading. What were you trading under him? Bunts? German bunts? Well, there was the Bund. I wasn't trading that under him, but he did teach me how to trade the Japanese government bond, which was the largest product on the floor. Yeah, yeah, at the time. And so what he said is, is, now people of a certain age will remember, and this was in the book. And I said, do you have a problem with me putting this in the book? He goes, nah. Uh, what does he cap? You know, he's successful. He goes, they'd look at page three and they would look at certain anatomical features and then decide which way the market's <laughs> going to go. It was his very barrow boy way of saying, and it sounds idiotic, that they didn't know which way the market was going to go. Also his way of saying that they're a sexist bunch down there. Well, maybe they're not sexist. Maybe they're just heterosexual down there. Um, that that's how they pick the market direction. Now, of course, now he'd get cancelled for saying anything like that or shot or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how they do it. You can also see there's a, there is a bigger problem. Mate. Um, you can also see why there weren't many women on the floor because who wants to be in that kind of an environment? Um, yeah, there was only a handful. That's yeah, true. Exactly. And there'd be that. And then that leads on to other sorts of uh, behaviour, which is not acceptable because it makes the place not a good workplace for not just could be gender, could be race, could be anything, obviously. So, you know, we can laugh about it in the sense of, oh, boys being boys, barra boys, you know, but there are broader implications for it. Anyway, he was explaining. I thought that was idiotic, how they picked it. But actually, it was honest. It's, you know, direct. It was very honest, yes. And we'll come back in a second about, you know, sort of directions of trades and stuff um, and, and some of the stuff you did. But I want to go back to this week. Okay, so at the time we're recording this, we're recording this 22nd April 2022, but it's important, you know, you might be watching this in the future from one of Elon Musk's spacecrafts. And I think this is still going to be relevant then, which is Bill Ackman just dropped 400 large on uh, 
Netflix. He lost 400 million on Netflix stock. And he's one of the, he's a billionaire, one of the greatest hedge fund managers. And people are going to look at that and think, what an idiot. What do you think? Well, there's several things there. Firstly, you need to understand the size of his, uh, his actual portfolio and does it actually make an impact overall to, to his portfolio. Um, and his strategy is probably different. So there's a distinct difference. And this is one of the, uh, I guess, anomalies that a lot of people don't understand. There's a difference between investing and trading. And uh, a lot of the time, uh, people, when they, when they get into a long-term trade, um, well, long-term investment, that ends up being a short-term trade because they get uncomfortable with it, you know, going in the wrong direction, I suspect. And similarly, when something is going in the wrong direction, what might be a short-term trade ends up being a long-term investment because it's tra- waiting for it to uh, recoup their, their losses. So well, he bought no... into it back in January. Sorry, he bought back in... He, three he months ago, he went long Netflix three months ago, and he lost four hundred million and got out after their results when it dropped twenty five percent in a day. Yeah, because of subscriber figures. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you think? Was it idiotic that he got in in the first place, or was it idiotic that he got out uh, after it dropped so sharply? Should he just have held on longer? After all, he wasn't trading it because he held on for three bloody months. Was it well, idiotic or not? Yeah. So each each investor will have their own um, uh, you know template on what what is good and a bad uh, decision, and if that was his stop loss, ultimately that's what he's going to be doing, right? So we can't comment on somebody else's. Uh, and the fact that he's one of the largest and most successful is probably the right thing to do. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I think. I'll tell you what I think, Giza. He says sitting on sitting on nowhere near several billion of assets under management. Mm-hmm. So who cares what I think about this? Um, so I look back at the, 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 the sort of the trends, the momentum, the technicals on it, because I thought, forget it. I'm not going to work out their subscriber numbers. And I was right not to try because Bill Atman yeah. couldn't work them out, yeah. you know, evidently. Otherwise, he wouldn't have lost that. So I thought, forget that. The only thing I've got is the charts. And when I looked at the charts, Obviously, I could not guarantee which direction it was going to go in. That was going to go lower. Couldn't guarantee that. I couldn't guarantee the extent to which it would drop. No chance. You know, people might in hindsight say, oh, well, it was obvious it was going to drop. Look at all we're out of COVID. Look at all mm-hmm. these other blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, that's just hindsight talking. Okay. And I couldn't, I couldn't do those. And I watch for hindsight bias. The only thing I could say is that it was more likely than not, given the momentum from the MACD stochastic all the rest of it it was more likely than not in my experience it was going to go lower than higher now many a time the minority decision on that i.e when i thought it's more likely to fall than rise it's actually bloody risen after numbers Mm. and it could well have done uh it just didn't on this it it fell i didn't know how far it would fall i wasn't sure it would definitely fall but i i did think more likely than not now Here's the interesting thing. Well, if I thought that, why didn't I just go to Ladbrokes and bet for Netflix Mm. to fall? Reason was, I wasn't sufficiently confident it was going to drop lower that I'd placed that bet. So I'm not being hindsighted and I'm not putting my money where my mouth is. Um, So what would you do in that position? Well, you do what I did. You stay away. Exactly. Stay away. And that's what I did. So I don't know. I'm not sure if that's idiotic what he did either to get out of the bottom or to get in in the first place. I'm sure many talking heads will, but hopefully this will give them an insight into how 
proper traders and investors actually think about those yeah. things. Um, well, you make a good point there because even you know even seasoned professionals you could claim uh, make stupid uh, decisions, and that could well be one. So many a time my fat fingers have added an extra zero <laughs> when they weren't meant that's to. Right. Um, and I've thought, well, that's the end of it. But uh, and, and many a time I've managed to somehow uh, survive another day. So I need to get special keyboards with keys which are further apart. So as I get fatter, it's easy, you know, it's definitely. Um, the other thing, speaking of idiotic things this week, um, so I had a WhatsApp message from a friend. God, if he's watching this, he's going to think, how dare you call me? I'm not calling him an idiot. He said, I'll push, I'll push. Yeah. And like many people I've got following me, they're desperate to get into the market because, you know, they've had two or three years of great gains. So they're thinking, mm. how do I get my hit? I need that dopamine. It's been a while. And by the way, as I'm speaking, the Dow is down 620 points yeah. today. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I'm sure if I call him now, he'll be like, oh, God, thank God I didn't get in. You were right, Alpish. Uh, so he said to me, Microsoft, and he's got onto exchange traded funds and because yes, yeah, so I've got my triple leverage on Microsoft. I said, "What the bloody hell are you doing with triple leverage?" He goes, "No, I'm sure you said somewhere triple, but Microsoft's the only one you'd do three times leverage on." I said, "No, no, no." I was trying to explain. I don't like three times leverage. If I had to, if somebody put a gun to my head and said, "Do it anywhere," because the math doesn't work out. So there's a whole bunch of people. Anyway. Um, the old saying, the f- a fool and his money are soon parted. And I think that's the danger with the market at the moment. Down 600 points, but people are so addicted, they want to get in. It's like, by the dip, yeah. by the, when do we get in? People don't want to sit on the sidelines. What, you know, what lessons do you have on sideline sitting and anything idiotic you've seen? Yeah, that's a very interesting point. And a lot of the times, David used to say, uh, just sit on your hands when you there is nothing to do. There is nothing to do. You've got to just sit on your hands. And, and it's a very difficult thing to do, for sure, because you're, you're sat at the desk and you feel you have to, because that's your job. You have to press a button or, or you know participate in, in a market that's probably not doing anything at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not an easy, easy, yeah, for sure. Do you know, I've told this story before, but it just reminded me, I used to live opposite Kabe Alamutai, which sort of, you know, on my deathbed, it was one of the hundred things I'll think, mm, well, it wasn't too bad. Uh, Kabe was the highest paid employee in the world, uh, sorry, in the UK at the time. So we're on Hamilton Terrace and his house is directly outside my front, ro- front room, is this place opposite. And when I first went to meet Kabe, again, for the same book David was in, uh, Carve walked in. I was at one end of the room. He walked in, and I was in the waiting room. He, he walked in, and um, he said, "One of the things he said was, do you know what? We spend a lot of time doing nothing. Because mm-hmm. I come in, I got to read the paper. I said, but you get paid so much.' Yeah. He goes, "Yeah, well, you know, we try and look busy. We read the newspaper and stuff, but most of our day is to do nothing. It's to find maybe one good trade if we can." But he goes, I can't look like I'm not doing anything because otherwise yeah. they're not going to pay me all the money, are they? Yeah. Couldn't believe it. And, and it is. It goes, it's counterintuitive. You see some uh, person in, I don't know, in a developing economy walking two miles, three miles, five miles a day carrying water. Um, and you feel, well, wait a minute, this finance thing, this whole global system screwed up because I'm actually getting paid for sitting and doing zero. Mm. um thankfully the obesity and the prostate cancer will kill me 
from sitting at a desk all day long. So at least there is some justice to that because walking is good for you. But, you know, yeah, it forces people who've got money itching, itching to lose it, to take risks with it. Uh, And I think that's the thing, that patience... You've got lots of patience. Yeah. You're a calm, you're a calm, meditative. Well, man. it's true, but uh, you know that that's been developed over many years, and even now, uh, I still make you know the schoolboy errors because you do want to do something, but uh, it's you know, a constant battle. You know, in the words of William Blake, you know, there's constant mental fight one has. Um, but what you're suggesting, actually, it's interesting uh, talking about the floor initially. Because if you imagine there, there were hours between moments uh, when uh, uh, there is nothing to do on the floor. So there, there may be odd bits and pieces, you know, broker phone calls, things and going on. But the the most um, active was at 9.30, 1.30 or when there's numbers out, basically. And if you extend that to an investor, really what you you have to wait for numbers to come out for you then to react and actually do something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there's an element of that where you're investing and the timescales are bigger on the floor, shorter, maybe a couple of hours before you actually do anything. So, yeah, and those moments is when you realize, okay, that's when if I've stuck to the rules, I've been very patient, waited and not second guessed what might happen or might not happen. Because uh, then you get, uh, you know, one of the rules we had on the hedge fund actually was to get out of all stock before a uh, uh, the day before the results came out because yeah. we just didn't know we don't have a crystal ball as you say on, on those numbers and uh, you know th- about a month before there's momentum driving it in anticipation of something happening so yeah and would you guys not follow the old wisdom of you know buy the rumor sell the fact and all of that would you just say nope we're going clear on this whichever direction it's going in yeah, yeah, no, we, we that was the policy uh, of that particular hedge fund. We ran that, that particular strategy. We would get out the day before, not hold it at the end of the day. It might go in the same direction. You know, we could have made a lot more, but that was, yeah. you know. It's interesting, isn't it? Good argument. Because well, honestly, on TikTok and Twitter, yeah. the, uh, the the investors are always telling me, oh, yeah, you buy the rumor, sell the fact. Didn't you notice? I saw an app. Somebody was advertising where they said they said that it's dangerous. How speaking of idiot investors and idiot traders, I'm worried about where people are getting their knowledge nowadays. But we better save that for our next broadcast next week. I want to try and do these weekly, and hopefully, what people will do is they'll find it a bit funny. Um, you know, we'll pick up. There'll be in this week more idiotic trading and investment things people will will have done, and I'll share them with you and see what I found, and you can sure. share yeah. your experiences. So we'll do the next one. Um, in a week, otherwise we'll we'll we, I mean we don't want this being yeah Friday a good day. See what's happening in the week. Okay. Exactly. Or I get to count us out. Right. I'm cool. not going to count us out. 